Right, Jamie, welcome to my podcast, bud. Tom, thanks for having me on. No worries, no worries. So obviously, as you can see, I'm dressed in my tree company attire in my office and you're looking pretty cool in yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I like to say looking pretty cool, but it's, this is this has been my kind of home office for the last 15 months. We are in the process of building a new office, but it's been, uh, yeah, it's been nice to be able to uh, work from home and do what it is that I do. So it's, it has its benefits, especially with having two kids, but also has its disadvantages because you've, I've got two kids and you try and tell a six year old that daddy's got a podcast. Sometimes that just doesn't work. No, I know. I, I, um, I worked from home for about a year. I think it was about 12 months, a few years back. And luckily, um, didn't have any kids in, in the house at the time, but I kind of found myself in my slippers doing the washing in the middle of the day. And you're just like, what am I doing? I'm supposed to be being effective. <laughs> but like you say, you save on so much time and it's quite efficient and providing you get that space, you can be really on the ball, can't you? Yeah, de- definitely. I think, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about work-life balance. I think sometimes it could be a disadvantage because, you know, working online, um, it, it can be quite difficult because with a physical place, you can close the door, but you can't really close uh, the door on an online business. But one thing I do say is you can close the laptop. So exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. So before we go into it then, do, do you want to kind of give a bit of a brief lowdown on yourself, kind of how you got started in the industry and your work, etc.? Yeah, very much so. I mean, if I kind of rewind all the way back to when I was younger, I was pretty much a little shit, to be honest, um, going nowhere, failed college and kind of had two options, prison or join the army, because that's the only things that were kind of going to go for me. And I joined the army at 17, uh, probably the best decision I ever made. Uh, I spent seven years in the British army, uh, deployed all over the world and then moved from the British army, uh, left at 26. And then I started to work as a contractor. So my first job was working in uh, psychological operations for the US government for a year. Um, and then I moved over to security advisor for the UN in Kenya and Somalia. Right. And this, this was up till 2012. Um, I got made redundant from that job. Um, and that kind of, kind of screwed me up because I had, I just had a mortgage, big mortgage with the wife and, uh, literally just been made redundant. So I had all my deposit, all my money went into that. And I literally had 800 pound in the bank and no job. And, uh, this was 2012 and I'd, it was the first time I'd ever written something down and it was like, right, what do you want to do with your life? And so like, oh, you enjoy going to the gym, you enjoy helping people. You should be a personal trainer. And it was that kind of thing where I was reluctant not to, cause I was on a very good wage working as a contractor and didn't think you could, you know, I was very much chasing the money. And then I was just like, look, just, just go for it. Um, I worked about 16 grand on my credit card because I could, you know, I only had about 800 pounds on me. Uh, borrowed my dad's bike, rented a studio out and got to work. And like. you know, fast, forward, fast forward to sort of 27, I think it was 12, 2015, 2016, I became one of the um, most well-known personal trainers in the UK. Um, built my dream gym facility, which was always my dream. Um, spent a year, sorry, spent three years doing that, which was kind of the way that I kind of explained that is, was uh, that was my MBA into business and learning about things. Um, and fast forward to kind of the last couple of years, my focus is very much body, brain, and business. So anything with those three are a massive passion of mine. I spend a lot of my time and efforts now, uh, solving people's problems in those three areas. Right. So did you keep, you mentioned you built a gym. 
did you yes. did you keep that or did you decide to kind of move on no yeah i decided to move on you know i could see the way that business was going um i had business partners as well they were being incredibly successful in their business and i could see that i was being held back so we made a mutual decision to part ways in 2019 and which was you know it was sort of april last year and i decided to you know go down the route that I'm, i'm going now which has been a you know fantastic kind of just under it was about 15 months now since okay. uh, going in, into the new business and uh, and yeah it's been uh, it's been fantastic but i just saw the way that things were you know 80% of our business was online um very 80%. much scaling yeah 80% of the business wow. even though we had a even though we had a physical place yeah. um you know i've got a big social media following and something that i've been able to do is you know a build an audience uh, b sell digital products online and d create big kind of communities and gatherings online to help inspire and motivate people so that's very much what i do now very much in a b2c capacity uh, coaching people with fat loss and getting healthier happier fitter and stronger and from a business uh, capacity teaching personal trainers how to scale and grow their businesses online yeah so it sounds it sounds like you've kind of gone into it guns blazing and you managed to kind of find find that niche that actually works for you, that you enjoy, that you can kind of give the most in, right? And I think what you just said about the uh, the gym retracting from it, which is very similar to me in certain things I've done in my trade business, is that you kind of push, 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 push. You find something that was worth doing for what you've learned from it, but then you know the point to retract so that you can excel even further. And I think what 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 kind of was it with you that made you do that decision to keep moving? I mean, and make that transition because that's something that not a lot of people can kind of subconsciously or consciously realise. Do you know what I mean? I think it's an understanding that you know I, I spoke about I spoke about this before um, with a certain mindset with with business people. It's not that you know a lot of people have to deal with failure and then they stop there. Whereas the successful people in business, they learn from the failures and keep going. And, you know, I don't tend to have this kind of learned helplessness, which a lot of people have, because they'll get, you know, a couple of stressful situations and they'll let it affect their future. Yeah. And I always say, don't let your feelings affect your future when you've made a massive fuck up in life. And, and you know, you could argue that, you know, last year, split with the business partners, I was kind of starting again. It actually reminded me, funny enough, of, uh, you know, minus the 16 grand in debt starting again yeah with a different mentality back to square one and as scary as it is it's it's really exciting because you're like i get i I get to yeah yeah and and when i said to people look i had 800 pound in the bank i i had to put 16 grand a credit card i had to borrow my dad's bike he was pissing down with rain cycling seven miles up to this um, to this little studio on an industrial estate by a prison with no passing trade. And I have a smile on my face from ear to ear because I'm in control of my destiny. Yeah. And as, as cliche and as cheesy that sounds, it's like the only person that's going to fuck this up is me. And actually, you know, I'm, I take a lot of responsibility for my own actions and I have got no one to blame but myself. So this is, this is cool. Let's fucking go. I, uh, and that's what I've always been like. No, I, I, honestly, I totally, totally relate to that. And you, met, you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, you could have gone one way, you could have gone to prison or, you, you know, you went um, into the army, which clearly was the right way. 
that what we're talking about when I was younger at 21 I actually did go to prison abroad I was wrongfully accused of fighting it was something stupid and you know what I mean and um it was a re really negative thing but essentially they they put me away for um a few months and that was like the best ever thing that could happen to me because <clears throat> even though I was always passionate about what I was doing I've always kind of like yourself pushed the limits in things to see where you can get to that that for me was a you know it was an upset and stressful situation but in itself it was it was that point that you get to where you think okay do I sit down am I feeling sorry for myself or do I now go out there and prove to other people that actually I've got the ability to pass where they've got to and then use that negative thing as energy to kind of push forward? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I, I call this the best. Um, a lot of people need to experience the best, worst experiences of their life in order to grow. And the way that I kind of um, mentally frame it is you, know, you get stages in your life where it's a sudden plot twist and you need to kind of pivot and change into what it is that you're doing yeah. and although it feels shit at the moment you'll be glad that it happened yeah. Uh, so anything that's bad people will always say about regret do you regret this and, and regret that and I say never because I wouldn't be where I am today had I not gone through that so if we were to rewind I would go through it again yeah and that's and that's the most important thing and you know like you're where you are today because of that episode. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, you, you might have gone down a bad path had that not happened, because sometimes we need a bit of a slap. Um, and I think it was Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face. And sometimes that punch, <laughs> that, that, that punch in the face sometimes is, is exactly what you need to sort your shit out. To get and, you and, out of that comfort zone, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know what, that is such, um, such an important thing because when I went into uh, The Apprentice, I was, didn't realise how comfortable I was in my life. You know, I've got, got a couple of businesses, I've got, got my property stuff going on, I've got, you know, got a wife, got a kid on the way, and I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm good. And it, it was, don't get me wrong, I'm so appreciative of where I've got to, but going there and coming back, I, I came back and I was like, it's just like a dead zone around here. Nothing's going on. Because you get comfortable with being in a, a certain pace life that actually you can certainly pass, bypass and speed up and make more things happen. You just have to get yourself out of that kind of zone, don't you? Yeah, and I, I call it, um, so I, I learned this from a MMA fighter, an old MMA fighter called Frank Shamrock. Okay. And he said, you have to deal with your life in thirds to make sure that you stay on track. You have to spend a third of your life teaching people. Uh, you have to spend a, a third of your life with people on the same level as you. So you can kind of challenge each other and share ideas. And you should spend a third of your life of people playing a bigger game than you. Wow, the biggest cool. The biggest, mistake that, biggest mistakes that people make is that they spend too much time helping people so they don't help themselves. And then the next end is they spend so much time following and trying to you know, imitate what people are doing that are better than them that they get overwhelmed. And no matter how hard they try, they think, what's the fucking point? Because yeah. that's only half of what that person's achieved. And 
that comfort zone is in the middle where you kind of end up chatting to the same people who are doing the same things and maybe even some of the time spending it helping other people. But so many people do not spend, they either spend too much time with people playing the bigger game or not enough time. And just that sudden realization that, fuck, these people are playing a bigger game than me um, can sometimes kick you up the ass out of that kind of mindset. And, and that, that kind of prioritizing of how you spend your time with what caliber of people that you can help, that can motivate you, that you can, you know, achieve to be like. I, a question I was going to ask you later, which is kind of relevant now, is how do you implement that? You know, with family, with having to earn money, with keeping fit mentally and physically, how do you kind of go about structuring your day or your week so that you're effective in kind of covering those areas? So I always say that small things done consistently produce big results. The reason that people are not achieving things is because they're trying to, to do everything at once, not realizing that you shouldn't be looking at achieving things in eight weeks. You should be looking at where you want to be in five years time and actually doing something small every day. You'll be further along in five years than you will be just trying to try and get that five years progress now. And I have an analogy called you should take life one chapter a day. And the reason being is that when anyone gets into January, they say, right, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to read all of these books. I'm going to do all of these things. And, you know, a lot of people come to me and say, Jamie, what are your top 10 books? And I never tell them my top 10 books. I tell them my, my best book or the best book for them. Uh, and the reason being, I say, look, if I whack 34 books on your desk and said, right, if you read them by the end of the year, your life will be changed. They'll probably get through five books in January. They'll probably get through three books in Feb. They'll f probably get through one book in March. They'll forget to read April, May. And then suddenly they realize they're halfway through the year. They've got 20 odd books left and they never finish reading them. But if I gave someone one book and said, right, I want you to commit 10 minutes a day to read one chapter. That's it. Read one chapter, put it down. Average self-development books, 10 to 11 chapters. That means if you did that practice every single day without fail, you'd read 34 to 36 books in a year. And this explains the mistakes that people make with their success. They try and get all the books read in a month rather than committing a small amount consistently without fail to achieve it. And I do this with my fitness. I do this with my business and I do this with my health. You know, there are non-negotiables that I place in every single day that don't take long to do that over time produce massive results. And that is switching my mobile phone off at eight leaving it downstairs and having an alarm clock means that I'm constantly kind of switched off of my brain from work because it's a process there. I go for a walk every single morning at half five. I jump in the sea every single morning. Doesn't matter if it's December, doesn't matter if it's January. Yeah. And the main reason is I don't want to do it. It's fucking freezing. Right. But, but because I don't want to do it is the reason that I must do it because what I'm teaching my brain is not motivation. Because if you are only doing something when you're motivated, you won't get much done. What I'm teaching is discipline. And what discipline, the reason that discipline is different to motivation is motivation. You want to do the thing because you feel like doing it. Discipline is, I know you don't want to do it, do it, but you're doing it anyway. So if you can become disciplined in life to do things, regardless of how you feel, you'll get a lot more success. That's, so that's, I have, that's really interesting what you just said there about doing things only when you're motivated will not kind of, give you the consistency with that you need to just do them anyway which will give you discipline which will give you a more longevity motivation in itself i, I roll i roll my eyes at most things that i've got to do each day but i roll the eyes and I, I do it anyway i'm not for fuck's sake but i do it anyway 
and, yeah. and that's discipline. Yeah, no, that that is that is so 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 important. I um so an example, this one's for me. Don't care about the listeners. <laughs> so I um I've got just it's just an Excel spreadsheet essentially, but it's essentially a five-year plan. It's kind of broken down into personal, uh, business, you know, real estate goals. Um, with the with a vision, and then from the vision, you kind of have your uh, goals and strategies after it, and then you basically highlight in 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 the end of the column each year that you want to achieve a certain one of those visions, so that eventually you've achieved them by the end. Then I break it down into per year, so you have a year goal which aims to the five year goal, and then you break it down into quarters, and then you kind of go into the weeks, etc. Some people say that's too structured, and I know that these plans change all the time. But I mean, maybe just like your thoughts on that, or your thoughts on how you get to the beginning of the week, and you think, okay, it's now this that I need to achieve. So that at the end of the week, I'm on track with where I want to go to at the end of those five years. Do you know what I mean? I think people get structure wrong uh, in the fact that they'll look at that and think, oh, that's a bit too structured. Yet when you ask them what, how, how are they getting on? They go, oh, I'm busy. You're like, busy doing what? And they don't actually know. Right. And it's because they're not writing fuck all down. They haven't got no plans or goals. And they're just teetering through life. And they get 40 years down the line. They're like, what happened? Yeah. It's like, because you wrote nothing down and you planned fuck all out. You were just a person who was carefree, living their life, thinking that you were getting somewhere. And now you realize that everyone's overtaking you because they had a fucking plan. And a goal without a plan is just a wish. So actually, if I have got something written down for my week and I've done it all, it means I can go sunbathing. It means I can go play badminton in the garden with my, with my six-year-old daughter yeah. uh, and not think, shit, I've got to, I've got to do something because I've ticked all the boxes off for the day. So structure actually allows you to have more time off you know, I'm very focused on what it is that I want to do. Um, my focus, I'm 35 now. My, I have two focuses, you know, I have no monetary want or need in life. You know, I wake up every day saying, look, I've got two kids. I've got a house. I've got a job, which I love. I've got everything I need. Anything else is a bonus. And that doesn't make me be complacent. That makes me go and get it because I don't care if I do get it. But having that mentality actually makes you take a little bit more risk and actually go, fuck it. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, there's a real difference between, oh, I have everything I need, so I'm going to stop. And that's, not, that's, that's complacency. For me, my only monetary thing, I love the, I love the beach, I love the ocean. My, my dream is to build my own house so I wake up every day and see the ocean. Okay, right. that, that's going to be a reality. Um, whether that happens in five years, 10 years, 20 years, it's going to happen because I'll make it happen. Uh, but I'm patient. And I know that if I just do that one chapter a day in my business uh, for certain things, that, that'll get there eventually. Um, and kind of the next thing is for my 40th, which is in five years time, I want to take six months off. So I'm going to hand over all my social media and everything to people. I'm going to take my family away and we're going to go traveling for six months. And I'm not going to have a mobile phone on me and that that is that in itself is obviously at the time will be an amazing experience to have that but that you know that's in you said you're 35 that's in five years what that that in itself every time you roll your eyes like you just said when you're doing a mundane task every day that is something that you can be like oh well that's one of the reasons why i'm doing this that's one of the reasons that that's what i can aim to similarly uh yours is looking over a seat mine is having a ranch in the country 
Do you know what I mean? Because I'm from the country and that's what I love and it's always been the dream. And um, you, and, and I think, it, you know, I'm the same. I, I always think that when things go wrong at work, when I lose a lot of money, when, when something is just terrible, you just retract and you think, well, that's the reason. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's as simple as that. And like you said, people overcomplicate things. But when you simplify them, yeah, you may have 10, 20 strategies in social media, in, you know, business or whatever it is in order to achieve them. But it does generally evolve to one thing, doesn't it? Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, no, 100%. So one thing that I was really keen to ask you um, was something more about the fitness now, which is obviously what you're about. Um, so something that I know I struggle with, admittedly, and a lot of my friends that are, own businesses, entrepreneurs, or they have like a few of them are quite hard in recruitment, for instance. Um, they they really struggle with, and I do, with keeping a consistent, healthy uh, plan, both dietary and exercise, when certain projects or when certain things happen. Because for instance, you can go into your coping mechanisms and you can eat more, you can, however, whatever the coping mechanism is for the person, whether it's just not training or getting out of that cycle. So I think, Really, I was looking for what, what your thoughts are on overcoming that and, and being more consistent with them. From, from an kind of from an entrepreneurial business, is you've got to apply the same principles for your fitness as you have to do for your business. Yeah. Because if you treated like you, if you treat if you treated your business like your body, you wouldn't have a business left. Yeah. And this is so important to understand. You're doing yourself and your business a disservice by not looking after yourself. Because when you're drowning in something, you don't care about anybody else. You're just paddling and flapping like fuck to breathe. And when you're not in a good physical state, you're not in a good mental state. And when you're not in a good mental state, how do you expect to do things well in business? Because you're letting other things get to you, which are distracting you from the overall goal. And you've got to serve yourself so you can best serve others. You not looking after yourself is not looking after other people. You looking after yourself and being at your best means that your employers, employees are happier. You're more focused. You have more energy and you have more time to create a bigger impact in the world. And that's the way that I look at it is it's not a selfish thing to look after yourself. It's, it's a selfish thing. Sorry, it's not, it's a selfish thing not to look after yourself. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Because you aren't at your best. And, um, I love this analogy is you've got to treat yourself like a million dollar racehorse. Cause if you spent a million dollars on a racehorse, you'd feed it the best fucking food. Yeah. You take it for walks every day and you, and you forget that you're the million dollar racehorse. You're the person who's bringing the bacon home. You're the person who comes up with all the ideas in your business. So, you know, if you, you wouldn't treat your employees like you treat yourself. No. So start changing that. And that's the way I always look at it. It's just like when I'm going, you know, drinking a bit too much and doing stuff, I'm like, what are you fucking doing Jay? You know, sort your life out. Um, and you, I have that kind of mirror thing where you just look at yourself and go, sort your fucking life out. And it just clicks and, and it makes me realize, look, you're not looking after yourself. That five-year plan is turning into an eight-year plan now, Jay. It's turning into a 10-year plan. That's a, that's a good way of looking at it. Having, having that voice in your head that is saying, actually, you're going against yourself here. You know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's, and I think what you said about the racehorse, treating yourself like a million-dollar racehorse, that is... Um, that, that sums it up. 
you know, in a few words, that's exactly it. And it's just, it's, it's, it's easy to get out of that cycle um, because you think, oh, well, getting fit and eating healthy isn't going to sort this financial problem. But in a sense, if you're more sharp and on the ball, then that problem will get solved and you will save yourself money. So it's just trying to step back and look at that, I suppose. And, and, I, th- and I think from a business point of view, it can be a problem when you're talented in business because you can be unhealthy and then achieving, let's just say, I, I say an unhealthy entrepreneur in London who's closing loads of deals. They're going out of their clients and they're justifying it. They're saying, look, well, I'm not looking after myself, but look, I'm, I'm netting all of this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but when you have a heart attack next year and you earn fuck all money, come back to me and say that it's like might be you're you know you're the way that i look at fitness is you're kind of every day if you imagine this every day that you do something positive towards yourself you write yourself a check and you're putting it in the bank and you're not going to cash it now but in about three years time you will but if you're not writing checks every day to yourself you're gonna be fucking broke yeah and although it might be the money might be coming in now when you've got to spend time looking after yourself that money will start to drain. And when you can't look after yourself and you're not healthy and you know, you're walking up a flight of stairs and you're out of breath, you, you, how long do you expect that to last? And it comes back to what I say. Yeah, I, no, I think, I think you're totally right there. And, and it, it's perception as well, because I was reading a bit recently of uh, 50 Cent, he's just released one. And it's not the kind of character that I like looking into, but I got recommended by someone to listen to the book. And one of the things that was really interesting was that he said he doesn't drink. Um, but what he'd do is he'd get one of his guys to fill up a bottle of champagne with, uh, what was it, like fizzy water or something that he said in the book. And he'd go around the club acting as though he's drunk and giving it, you know, sipping, pretending to sip alcohol. But then, so he's actually putting himself in the environment where he can make those connections, get a vibe to what's going on in his industry, but in the morning, he's in the gym at five day because he feels good. He's on the ball and he's being effective. And by the time everyone's drunk and can't remember things, he's already left the club at 11 o'clock. So it's, I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's putting yourself in that situation. Like you were saying about the London corporate clients, putting yourself in that situation, but not just following the crowd, doing something slightly different, which is allowing you to be more effective. Um, Right, my God, time's gone quick on this. So I'm going to fire. It's great. It's great talking to you, Jay. So I'm going to just a couple more questions because I don't want to go past 30 minutes. Um, so something that I was going to ask you was, what do you feel is most important to be mentored or coached in, in your life? Kind of emotionally, physically, dietary, business. What would you prioritize them in? Uh, emotion. Um, transformation starts from the neck up so it's learning you know as with anything when you are building a business and that um, you're responsible for a lot of thoughts and feelings especially your own and it's learning how it very much like you know I'm not into meditation my meditation is jumping in the sea but what meditation teaches you is to think a thought and let it pass and I think so many people you know I very much found stoicism a few years back and it it says control what you can control and let go of the things that you can't and understand that we all feel guilt shame anger jealousy uh, envy but some people allow it to affect them and some people still have that same feeling but just allow it to pass and actually they realize that a lot of that isn't 
to do with anybody else. It's to do with themselves. Uh, feeling envious, envy can be driven in one of two ways. It can be used to fuel your fire and be inspired, or it can choose to suck you under and hope that that person does bad. Um, you know, same with jealousy. If you're jealous of someone, it's probably because they have some things that you haven't got. And then you need to kind of ask yourself, well, what, someone's driving a Ferrari? Who gives a fuck? You know, he, he, you know, and one of my friends said this quite funny. You might be, you might be looking at that guy driving the Ferrari, but he's actually driving to pick his kids up because he's no longer has a wife. And it makes you think, well, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. He's got, yeah. It's like, do I want to sacrifice that to achieve that? And it's just, well, it's not, it's, it's, that's a false dichotomy. It's not is or or it means that actually I could get that Ferrari, but it's going to take me 10 years instead of three. Uh, and I could sell out the wife. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm, I might not even want a fucking Ferrari and I don't, you know. Honestly, just... you're so right. I, I um, After the thing I mentioned earlier, I had therapy after that. And it was so good, I decided to train in it. So I trained in psychodynamic therapy, which is about how your childhood affects the decisions you make, etc. And obviously, I never went into doing it with anyone. I just really under, like liked yeah. that process. And that has done more for me than probably most educational things I've done. So I think that people listening, man up and go to therapy if you've got problems, don't think it's a weak thing, eh? Yeah, well, it's something that really, something that really impacted me last year and I donated um, a lot of money through all of my programs was the company Calm, which is a campaign against living miserably. And it shocked me that 84 men a day take their own lives in the UK. Uh, and a lot of that is because they think it's weak to ask for help and it's actually not it's a sign of strength and i've 100%. always been always been that person if i've got a problem that and i can't solve it myself there'll be someone out there who can and actually you know all you need to do is ask and it comes back to that age-old thing it's, it, it works in business in life if you don't ask you don't get you hold everything in to yourself, then you're going to leave it till it's too late to do something. When all it takes is just a phone call or finding the right person, say, look, I'm fucking struggling here. Um, and sometimes it's, it's just having a conversation with people and yeah. actually going, well, that was, that was that pinnacle change in, in what it is that I do. So, you know, it's not weak to ask for help. It's actually a sign of strength. Great, great bit of advice there, Jay. It really is. Um, mate, I could go on talking to you for hours, but I'm, I'm not going. Uh, but, you know, I appreciate all the time you've given today, really do. And uh, really like following you on, a, on Insta and seeing all the stuff you're putting up. So keep going with it. It's uh, really great. And, yeah, hopefully I'll bump into you at uh, another, an, another show when I'm not on the TV and you're not. With, <laughs> that, <mate. laughs> all right. Thanks for having us on, Tom. Really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Appreciate it.